0: Hey guys, I'm David. In this episode, Bryce Marshall and I talk about hair loss, scheduling sex, and being a skinny guy. Here we go. This started because we wanted something that didn't exist
1: for us. Scheduled space to speak freely about our struggles, secrets, and successes. We wanted to challenge ourselves,
2: hold each other accountable,
1: and help each other grow.
2: We don't always know what we're talking about. But that's kind of the point.
1: Instead, we believe honest, open, vulnerable conversations move us toward deep connection and meaning. We invite you to join us. Listening in and creating your own conversations with your friends. Welcome to Cucumber Talks.
0: My topic today is on hair loss. And I just wanted to share a little bit about my my feelings through my mostly younger years and i don't know yeah i don't think you guys will relate to the loss of hair but (laughs) perhaps the the uh
2: i don't know no i can totally relate to this it's been a theme for like the last week of my life or the last couple weeks Oh, Both, both my wife and i well, it started. I guess it started with my wife. She was the one that noticed it more. She was like, "There's so much hair in our tub. We're like, <laughs> we're when we wash our hair, a lot of hair is falling out." Mm. So she bought a. I guess she did the research and she bought collagen, and then my yeah. m- my mom told her collagen's a waste of money, but. Oh, is it really? Anyway, I could totally anyway.
1: hear her voice saying that too. Oh my gosh, there's <laughs> there's so much hair in the tub.
0: Right, like, I can hear my wife chat thing. sometime. Because I thought collagen was like good for nail. Like I don't remember the specific collagen, what but I, what but what,
2: what she said was if you are not gonna commit to taking collagen regularly for the rest of your life, it's a waste of money. Then, okay, like you can't just sense. buy a bottle yeah. of it and take it for a month and then it'll solve all your problems. I, that's yeah
0: I mean it's the same with hair loss products like you have to constantly be taking the pills constantly be rubbing the stuff in or whatever yeah Any, if you stop, anyway let's not, let's not jump, jump the gun okay. go ahead
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so yeah let's go back a little bit um I don't know specifically when I was I was probably under 10 um you know when you're younger you never think about losing your hair at least I didn't um I always I always saw my dad because my dad he was always he was always bald and just had like hair on the sides and then interestingly I have an older brother who is 17 years older than me so it was kind of an interesting dynamic when I was younger Um, but yeah, about the hair, he, he definitely had a, what would you call like receding hairline when I was like eight or nine. Um, but I, I still was like, oh, you know, this, you know, this isn't going to happen to me. Like (laughs) just like in denial. And the other thing is, I don't know if you guys heard this, but uh, the hair situation comes from the mom's dad.
2: Mm. I think I have heard that.
0: And I don't know. I mean, it's it's got to be a myth because, <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me, my my mom's dad, he, I mean, the only picture I have of him is like, He's older and he's got like a full head of hair. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah, I guess I was just banking on that all my <laughs> life. <laughs> like, yeah, my dad's bald. My brother's like balding, but it's not going to affect me. Like it's really stupid thought to have. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I just, I just remember being in school and, I just cared so much about my hair. You know, it's like, um, it's like a fashion statement. It's like part of my identity. You know, you can do it up, you can do it down. You you know, I, and the other thing is, I don't know if it's true today, but back in the day, (laughs) gel was like a huge deal. And so like, I would gel it up every day. Um, And I mean, it's probably not a long time in reality, but I would spend, I don't know, like 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes like trying to, you know, gel my hair either up or I remember I went through like this bowl cut phase. (laughs) You know, you you have it like trimmed around the side of your head and it just kind of looks like a... Weird, like mushroom look style, but it's a polite yeah. way
1: of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, I had I had the same stuff going on. <laughs> but, okay, good. That's good.
0: <laughs> this is me stepping out on a limb. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I don't. I mean, I don't know. There's there's so much like stereotype around you know, and we talked about this earlier, but like how you want to do something to your hair and you want to make it look good, but then you also want it to look like you didn't spend a lot of time on it. And it's like, Mm. oh, I just got out of bed. Look, (laughs) which is so like quirky. Um, (laughs) But, (laughs) but anyways, I just remember like constantly looking in the mirror when I was younger. Either at home, while I'm driving, (laughs) uh, at school, like anytime there was like a mirror, I'd always look in and check and be like, oh, is this perfect? Is this, you know, does this look straight? And I don't know. If it basically, like if it didn't come out looking good or looking right, it kind of like messed with my day a little bit. Which seems so petty, but that's it is what it is, I guess so um yeah, I think getting a little bit older, say around high school college, I remember growing it out a little bit more and just kinda I could feel it I could feel it thinning for sure at that time, like it definitely got thin and i remember making or introducing uh hoodies into my life <laughs> so that i could i could put it up and and just kind of you know cover any uh imperfections mm. and yeah i think at that time i i think i was becoming more accepting of it. And I was just like, you know, this is, this is probably going to go. And so that's when I, you know, that's why I grew it out and just kind of was like, yeah, let me just enjoy this. And, um, yeah, I think the last time I had it that long was right before I went overseas and I just shaved it then for that. And yeah, I think now I just pretty much keep it short because I've, I've seen a lot of people try to grow out their hair when it's like receding or balding, or we had this one guy in church who, who like had no hair on the top of his head. And he would like, he would like comb his long hair from the back all the way up to the front. (laughs) And, it's like he's he's the only one that didn't see like how awful that looked but yeah i mean you know you do you i guess <laughs> but yeah now it's just i'm i'm fine with it you know over time i guess my my one piece of advice to anybody who's who's listening and is struggling with this is uh it you know it just gets better like you'll either not care anymore or you'll just keep it short for a while and then enjoy it or keep it long and you know have the kind of wispy pirate look I guess that's cool <laughs> so yeah it's my story
2: no, that was awesome thanks for yeah. sharing that okay. that's what i, I could i can relate to just about all of about really? <laughs> cuz you guys have good hair like <laughs> At least to me <laughs>
0: maybe that's not a good uh gauge because i have like no hair <laughs> i mean i have hair but i just keep it short
2: i don't like to risk it yeah but yeah. whether it's hair or anything you can can definitely relate and um you know i i still like even though i have hair <laughs> i can i can relate to that because You know, my my wife will make comments like, oh, look at pictures of you five years ago. Your hairline, your hairline is gone. (laughs) And it's, it's, uh, you (laughs) look so much younger when you were, (laughs) you know, And it's hard not to let that stuff bother you a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I guess my, my first question for you is, was that acceptance, did that come immediately? Or did that take some time to nurture? Because it seems like you've really embraced it and accepted it, and you're not ashamed of it anymore, you're not or maybe you never were ashamed of it so um yeah how how and when did that acceptance come it i mean it okay, so it
0: definitely like viewing the whole situation i mean it took a long time, like it took, oh that's interesting because your story
2: makes it sound like it was almost immediate
0: well the action was immediate (laughs) but like you know going through and that's that i mean that's a reflection of you know how i portrayed myself like you know you go to Mm. school and you're just like ah this isn't a big deal you know Mm. but hey it looks good right you know kind of like You didn't do anything and and you look great like yeah I, i think everybody can probably relate to spending a certain amount of time whether it's you know for makeup or for you know doing something to your hair or face and i mean it it takes a long time and it's kind of like a taboo like you you wouldn't want to publicly be like, oh yeah, like I got ready for like two, two hours this morning or something.
2: Yeah, especially as a guy.
0: Especially as a guy, yeah. That's uh, I don't know. It's not, I don't know what what they say. It's not a dude thing to do or whatever. It's probably different these days, but. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely took a while um, from realizing that holy crap, this is, uh, this is going to go. And I mean, for the whole four years of college, I, you know, just tried to do my best to make it not look like garbage and that my hair was, (laughs) was going to go. So it probably would have been, I don't know. I guess I enjoyed it while it was long. It's like, yay. But looking back at, it probably would have been better just to like maybe even shave it at the beginning of college so that I didn't have to spend all the time that I spent, uh, structuring it and, (laughs) you know, Mm. working on it, but yeah, all is well now, but it was a big deal back in the
2: day. (laughs) So would you, would you say, when you eventually did just shave it all off, you would say, like at that moment, you just accepted that this is your new look and this is your kind of a a new identity and you embraced it then? Or did you go some years being bald or having the shave looked and being kind of ashamed of it? Uh,
0: No, it was pretty interesting because that the transition of me cutting it was quite succinct with me leaving the country. (laughs) So Mm. it's like, you could, I could just get away. Like nobody over, you know, nobody in Mm. Korea knew what I looked like with long hair. So it was like, Hey, what better time (laughs) than than now to, uh, to shave it off. And Mm. I definitely just accepted it. I, and it was almost like a, a relief it was a very like warm and happy feeling shaving it, and I don't know if i in like immediately loved my the look, but i I definitely accepted it, and I don't think i i don't think it it looked too bad, and yeah, so plus I always had like you know, facial hair to fall back on. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like I didn't really have facial hair in high school. And and then, you know, you kind of do the, sw- the switch. The, you know, the you get race. a little,
1: yeah. <laughs> and it's popular. Facial hair is like popular now. It's not like, I don't know, the 1990s or something where nobody had facial hair, or, you know, mustaches only or something. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm. Did Did you talk about it? with people like at all during the process or how did that because my my thing with stuff like that you know I haven't had so much on the hair loss side but just with things that I've felt you know on the one side ashamed of or just awkward about a lot of times I'll the way that I talk about it with people is interesting sometimes I just won't talk sometimes it'll you know joke about it sort of trying to beat people to the punch type thing or I'm just curious how you how you related to it with other people if it came up um yeah i think for the most part i didn't talk about it at all
0: yeah i okay. mean if i if i thought that somebody was going to come at me at that angle i would definitely <laughs> try to beat them to it <laughs> yeah kind of like you know if, if you're you know if i'm like if I like gained a bunch, you know, a bunch of weight and I feel insecure about that, I definitely would like, you know, try to make like a, a fat joke or something, mm-hmm. you know, kind of self, uh, deprecating situation. Yeah. Like, Oh, it's going to go. Aha. Yeah. I get that or yeah. whatever. <laughs> sure. But
1: yeah. Yeah. Thanks again for, for sharing. It's sometimes like after the fact you talk about it and it's like, I don't know how it feels for you now to talk about it, but Sometimes it's just like, yeah, it's just something to talk about now, but sometimes that can be really hard to, you know, or or even just looking back that it's hard to think of what it, you know, in the past, it would have been really hard to do something like this where you're talking about it with close friends and then possibly putting it online somewhere. Hmm.
0: So. Yeah, I think now I, I mean, I'm fine to talk about it because it's, you know, it's, it's not like something that's immediately, I guess uh, painful I don't I don't know it's uh, yeah. I guess my angle was i I was thinking, you know, maybe there's somebody who's like struggling with this right now, and I can kind of give a little bit of perspective and hopefully encouragement into you know it's it's not that you know it's not that bad. it'll get better, right, and kind of like stay positive. Kind of thing so yeah hopefully it's helpful
2: why do you think so many men are afraid of losing it losing their hair well
0: <clears throat> i think it's a i mean it's definitely a sign of aging you know mm-hmm. it it takes people outside of their youth outside mm-hmm. of you know the Supposedly being, you know, manly or or what what people's idea of, you know, being uh, either manly or youthful or energetic or like, yeah, I still got, you know, I still got something in me kind of thing. Like, but I don't know if that's something that people just think about when they're younger and have fears for fears about when they're younger um Hmm. because when I was younger and I saw older people with no hair I think I either just thought like why don't they trim that down a bit or (laughs) but it was yeah I mean it's just like an old older thing you know it's like this person's older they're past their prime they're Hmm. you know there's also the reverse where people say that like Oh, if you're bald, you're like wiser, which I think is a it's BS. <laughs> well, nobody wants to be wiser, you know,
1: <laughs>
2: like well, we want to be like, wiser. We don't want to look like that course. old
0: wise dude. <laughs> yeah, it's just I think it's a stereotype for sure. It's like it's in our culture. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, just because you're bald, you're smarter. It's like, no, not really.
2: But <laughs> so. it seems pretty similar to uh, graying, mm. graying early.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: yeah 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 because i i remember the first time i started seeing the silver silver hair in my hair it's was, I was like i'm too young for this this isn't supposed to be happening and i I, mm. I i remember this kid in college that i met and like he had a bunch of silver hair and he was like 20 thought, that's crazy I'm like whoa and then yeah as i'm getting older and i'm 33 now it's like oh yeah that that feels a little a little more acceptable and then (laughs) you know it's like when is this acceptable for this to happen to your body i guess you kind of judge you end up judging yourself like saying it's too early or it's Mm. too early for this to be happening that's Mm. a good point
1: because yeah it's like in your like if you're 20 and you've lost your hair Mm. it is a different
2: experience though. thing
1: than when you're 30 or when you're 40 because like even i was thinking when you were in high school oh yeah for, yeah, yeah i yeah. had friends in high
0: school that had no hair and i was like damn like that yeah
1: gut punch feels like yeah. it talking about the going back to the parent thing i had heard the thing about the you know your mom's dad or there's different versions of this but i always laugh about it because i i was growing up i thought that i would lose my hair because my dad lost his hair and started losing it when he was in his twenties. And so Mm. I was the reverse of you where I actually thought for sure, like this is a thing. So I remember being like, I'm going to try all these different hairstyles while I've got hair. And, you know, (laughs) but what's funny is my brothers who uh, I've got three brothers, but, but two of my brothers who are uh, closest to me, they have started losing their hair. And, um, one of them has gone the whole, like, just, you know, kind of shave it down type type look. Um, But but what I was gonna say that's funny about that is like, they're the same parents, like this can't work (laughs) if it's the parents, because like my hair is like super thick, like to the point of being almost ridiculous. And Mm. they're, you know, and it's like, it's the same mom and dad, like, it's not like we had a different, you know, grandparent on the one side or whatever. But still that still those sort of uh, what are they called wives tales or whatever that's called that, you know, they still go around. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's interesting how that
0: works. Because, I mean, yeah, you, you definitely have thick hair. I don't know what your brothers look like, but it looks like, like looking at you, it makes me think that your dad has a full head of hair.
1: Right. No, he definitely does not.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. It may come later.
0: <laughs> but it's I feel coming, like you're good for yeah, all course. of us. It, it's still <laughs> yeah, prepared. at some
1: point, yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say is like aging into it too, because at this point in my life, talking about gray hair, Um, And I don't know if it's because maybe it's like the people that I've talked to about gray hair or I've just my my brain is now wired a little bit differently. But as a guy, I feel like gray hair is kind of cool. Like, I don't have any aversion to it now. Maybe if I was I don't know what I would have thought of it like as a 20 year old, if I had had a full, you know, gray hair, you know, gray hair. But for some reason, like in my brain, having gray hair is is fine. Um,
0: yeah, it's like the George so it's, Clooney it's look, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly, yeah, like the whole like streaked or whatever, and like you can't see it maybe in the obviously in the podcast, but in our video it's hard to see, but I've got all all over the place, too, like that little little gray hairs everywhere, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, and it's okay to be George Clooney when you're fifty, but it's not okay to be it, George Clooney when yeah, you're yeah, it's you're like one are the
1: ages, or even it's okay to be George Clooney as a you know i'm thirty one so it, it would to me I'm like it would be okay if my hair looked like that now I feel like it would you know maybe other people to you guys you might be like that's still weird but to <laughs> me for whatever reason I'm in that weird mode where it would be okay I think um but somehow I, I it yeah it's just interesting how some of those things are, are about like where you're at in your age and your peer group and so forth <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah
2: hmm. but the yeah I think the sooner you can accept it, hmm. accept yourself, then it won't become such a big issue. So I'm I'm happy you you found that, David. Thanks again for for sharing that. I can hmm. definitely relate to the the hoodie thing where you <laughs> <laughs> if you're having a bad hair day, you put the hoodie up. I can definitely relate to that one, or or a beanie or something like that.
0: Yeah, it definitely covers a multitude of uh, potential. <laughs> you know. <laughs> insecurities cool
1: what are you thinking about bryce
2: yeah uh so my topic this week you know i kind of went into this thinking it would be something different than it was and then this morning i was kind of meditating on it and realized it was something different i was listening to the uh one of joe rogan's recent podcasts it's with the dr carl hart not sure if you guys caught any of that i think david you've said you've boycotted joe rogan after the spotify switch <laughs>
0: <laughs> i listened to his clip i watch his clips on youtube still but yeah i've, oh, I've actually not listened to a full episode <laughs>
2: right and That's this funny. this was actually the first um episode i've listened for, to from beginning to end mm. in quite some time mm. I, I would say over a year or two i usually just catch the some of the clips too wow. but i i caught one of the clips of this one And it sparked my interest, so I just started from the beginning. And it was one of those episodes, I think the best Joe Rogan episodes are the ones that make you think completely differently about a topic Mm -hmm. that you never Mm -hmm. really thought about before. Bring you to a different world, yeah. Yeah, Mm. and this was definitely one of those. I'd never listened to this guy before. And his whole thing is, his whole pitch is that These hard drugs like heroin and cocaine can actually be used responsibly by high functioning people. Wow. Like meth, these drugs that are seriously taboo, and we have all of these negative associations with them. Hmm. You know, if you mention meth, the first thing that pops into your mind is just like those people with all the nasty teeth and, you know, like they're the people on breaking bad who were like robbing people for, for <laughs> meth. living on the side of the road. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the homeless people under the bridge. And mm-hmm. so his thing was, I'm a Columbia professor and I use heroin recreationally mm-hmm. all the time. And I'm a high functioning adult that gets papers published and and whatnot. <laughs> And it it's it's like it's seriously hard to wrap my head around, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> and of I'm I'm gonna, you know, obviously just go ahead and say that I'm not sold on this. And to be honest, I don't think he's the best presenter of this because you know, he's not super eloquent in his words and he's not a Jordan Peterson where it's like super fast pace and like this guy's seriously sharp. I mean, you can tell that he's a super high intelligent individual, but I, I just to say I'm not completely sold on that heroin should be used recreationally. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um uh it's not for it, everyone. It made <laughs> me change or at least consider yeah. the idea. Yeah. Instead of just like up until that point in my life it was just heroin bad. Yeah. <laughs> and PCP bad Math, like all these drugs <laughs> 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 like uh, opioid opioids are Killing our nation, like, you know, these were the thoughts in my head. So to hear a different perspective on that, one that's completely different and controversial is, is interesting. Hmm. And this morning, I I think I have I still have similar feelings about sex. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think I still there's parts of me that still think of sex as I used to think of sex when I was nine. You know, I, I first became conscious of what sex was and how babies are, are born and made, and that when I was probably around eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked about this growing up in the church. Sex before marriage was like this seriously taboo thing. And sex in popular culture was a seriously taboo thing. And it, it's one of the things, it's like the only thing I remember <laughs> from growing up in the church is how like it was just portrayed in this negative, negative light. So probably from the age of nine to 17, that's how I thought about sex. Like, It's bad until you're married. And then I guess suddenly it becomes good after you're married. and Mm. then when i went through that transition of losing my faith sex became something else where it was more um it was more of this status thing or an ego driven thing Mm. where you're like hanging out with your buddies and you're doing the locker room talk and like oh who who slept with this girl and who banged this girl and you know it's lots of violent language you know that language that you Mm. see in the Mm-hmm. Like the porn titles, and <clears throat> like, oh, destroyed, and you know, it's like really violent, and it's um, it's all like brag, brag. What's the brag dosh? Like the the <laughs> the, brav- the bravado or whatever, whatever that word mm-hmm. is. It's like just yeah. showing, trying to show off what you've accomplished in the bedroom, and like mm-hmm. how many notches and who's yeah. <laughs> who's had more sexual experiences and you know it's it's not about um having an intimate experience or relationship with another person it's it was just a status thing to myself and to the those guys that were around me and even now as like a 33 year old man i think i still and oh, there's still a lot of that in me, hmm. both on the Christian side and both on the status side. And it's in a different way. You know, I'm not surrounded by as many, um, you know, it, it changes as we get older. <laughs> I don't think, I, I'd like to think most 33-year-olds have moved on from the bragging about how many girls they've slept with, personal, parts of their personality, but I could be wrong. Um,
1: Depends <laughs> upon your circles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Certainly my circle has changed where that's not really the input that I'm getting anymore, but I still feel it, you know, like when I'm having sexual experiences with my wife, there's still like an ego part of it. Like Hmm. kind of like feeling like I'm entitled to this or um, Hmm. this needs to be happening at this and this frequency. And, Hmm. Hmm. and then there's still the, there's a huge part that's still in that sex is bad part where it's like, I can't open up during this experience. I can't, um, or I'm having a hard time, like really enjoy. I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but it's more like, I'm still in my head a lot instead of having a a very intimate experience. And I think sex can be a kind of like what, that guy was talking about with the drugs, you know, (laughs) I, I'm not sure if that's, (laughs) you know, I'm not, again, I'm not sure if heroin could be used responsibly and recreationally, but in the same way I'd like to like have a, a paradigm shift with sex. And I think that's possible where I see it as like this time where I get to like really be aware of my body and, um, be intimate with another person and kind of have this almost spiritual experience Mm
0: -hmm.
2: instead of, um, instead of like rushing it or thinking it, or, you know, like Mm -hmm. being so cerebral about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, all that to say, (laughs) and I did get my wife's permission to talk about this, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um, we're trying out this new thing where we're scheduling a time each week to to be intimate with each other to explore sexuality more and mm-hmm. i think i think it's it's having a lot of benefits and i'm positive about it and i just wanted to share it and I'd like to get your guys thoughts on it
1: yeah thanks for sharing and mm, yeah. i think thank you i don't know how you were thinking about going into it the topic But I think it helps a lot to have the backstory and the sort of the why behind, you know, the punchline of, okay, now we're trying to do this, you know, weekly scheduled or, you know, but having that backstory of, okay, how you got to that. How, um, I guess just to kind of start off, how long have you been doing that? Did you just start that or has this been something you've been working on for a bit?
2: Yeah. This is a, a new thing. Um, okay. I think oh. like the beginning of the year.
1: So like 15 days, right. Mm-hmm. Just to put it in context of where we are recording this. <laughs> yeah. It's a good yeah, year's yeah, resolution. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. About three weeks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did and, you, or oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, well, I was just going to, I think it, it started more with that. Um, I like guess it's, it's The idea for doing this started with a conversation I had with my wife where I asked her if she was okay with me looking at porn. Hmm. Because we've talked about my history with porn before and she was really receptive of it and understanding and open and almost to a, like a, this isn't a big deal at all kind of way. And when I asked her maybe a few weeks ago, I think her response was I'm fine. I'm okay with it. As long as you're not like addicted to it.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
2: And you know, then I could get into the whole rabbit hole of addiction. <laughs> and, yeah, but I, I, mean? I told her <laughs> like, I realized I'm not addicted to this, but I do realize that there are times when we um, go without having sex. And if it's too long, then I start to get uh, what, what's the what's the word? Like antsy or yeah, yeah, agitated or something. Right, like I can Different I can actually that, yeah. feel like yeah, <laughs> like I need to get laid or I need to have this. Um, I need to do something sexual. And then if our hmm. if if our times don't line up, and I go past like that point where I'm, I start to feel super antsy then it's like i i want to take matters into my own hands (laughs) literally yeah literally (laughs) um so i i just asked her directly like is that okay with you because i still feel when i do Mm, take it into my own hands like that shame like this is bad or i shouldn't be doing this and that i think that is rooted back from childhood Mm -hmm. so i wanted to get to a point of like transparency with her like is this completely okay so i can if i do do that um are we just on the same page like (laughs) that i don't need to be hiding this or ashamed of this Mm -hmm. and then through that conversation we came up with a different solution or a different like way to approach it was so the alternative that we came up with was, why don't we set aside a time where we can have sex regularly? All right, you know, at the a predictable time. Mm-hmm. That kind of, and and fortunately, I think we kind of have the same libido. Is that the right word? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, sex drive. like what, what, yeah, sex drive. Like once a week works for both of us, more or less. Mm-hmm. So I think that's. So, we just like, can we just put this into our schedule, like make this happen, so then we don't have to have those concerns of like yeah, not happening,
1: yeah, it just takes the guessing out of it, and that's like mm-hmm. the I think that's the first part that probably you know is like the breakthrough of just having that conversation that it's like an open conversation, like I want this or I need this, or whatever that language sounds like, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean, like having that open communication. So that it can be something that can be talked about. Um, super weird, though, right? Like, you know, I, I'm married too. Like, you know, I've been married for whatever it is, five years now, coming up on on six years, and there's still conversations that are, you know, I wouldn't use the word taboo, but maybe uncomfortable or you know, mm-hmm. around around sexual experiences and and intimacy and yeah it's just the more that i, I know for me and for us the, the more that we can sort of be open and frank with each other mm-hmm. the faster things get to a place of of uh, i was going to say harmony that sounds like such a corny word but you know what i mean like we're <laughs> like in sync together we like know what mm-hmm. we're talking about and it's not like we're guessing there's so much guessing you know mm-hmm. There's so much like Are you in the right mood? Are you? Am I? Or is this, you know, with us, we've got this other layer of kids, and, you know, there's all this other, and it's just like, we don't have to, we don't have to have innuendos. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and if that's, you know, if that makes it, you know, funner or whatever, but it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Like,
0: wave a red flag when you're like, okay, I need. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's great, Bryce. the the scheduling situation it I don't know if mature is the right word it sounds like a an awesome thing though like and I'm sure you've already thought of this but and maybe you're experiencing it but like you know people get busy it it's something that you can't just like at least for me like that was a you know Masturbation was like a big deal, you know, for me back in the day. Like, of course, guys sex drive is typically like, you know, f- filling over the top constantly and literally when you're, you know, in high school and even a little bit older than that. But yeah, I think if if I ever get into a, a relationship or have a wife, I think I'll definitely be apt to schedule it because it's like something to look forward to and you're like the anticipation and i
2: don't know yeah that's true um so far it's working i don't know if it's because it's a new thing but certainly it is it's fun to look forward to and i Mm -hmm. feel like we're both looking forward to it each each week and then we know like oh okay we're setting aside time for this and we're making it a a priority. That's awesome, yeah. But it, uh, yeah, I don't know it's, it's it's cool to hear you say that it's awesome because I you know, you guys are the first people I've talked to about this and I I feel like in culture it's not super talked about or super accepted. Right, because it just sounds really um robotic or well uh non-romantic and it might not be something that nobody does
1: (laughs) like everybody might do this but we just don't talk about it and that's what's Mm. interesting you know what i mean i don't know which is the same
2: thing what the guy was trying the point he was making about the exactly he's like there's a lot of high functioning people who do heroin yeah and there's a lot of high functioning people who do meth and i got i i don't know if that's true or not but um (laughs) It's possible. it's possible. Just having the conversation, putting it
1: out there and saying, hey, this is something that some people do and, and try. And, you know, I'm curious now, you know, as you get further down the road, get, you know, a couple months from now, how you know, how it goes. And yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of high-functioning people that schedule their sex
0: life <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or schedule a time to, you know, I mean, I can't imagine having a wife and having like three kids or four kids and when is there, Right. Like, there's, I mean, Marshall can probably attest not to put him on the spot, but like, I can just imagine it's like, well, when is this going to, you know, you're like waking up at night for like kids or you can't sleep well. And then you're like tired and it's like, Oh, I want to do this, but then I'll be tired the next day or. Or whatever, it's like you know scheduling a a more frequent dentist appointment for your kids or whatever.
2: (laughs) And Marshall made a good point. It's like syncing with your significant other, Mm -hmm. because it sucks to feel like you're the one who wants it and they don't want it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Or they want it and you don't want it, and you're not. If you're not synced, then those are the times when it doesn't happen or it happens. And then the other person builds up resentment towards you. Cause you're like forcing them to do something you don't, they don't want to do, or they feel forced. And, you know, it's, I'm hoping to avoid that because that's right. what sucks right. a lot. And I've yeah. heard that it's, it's more common. I don't, well, I feel like men can relate to it too, but I feel like I've heard a lot of women talk about how they feel yeah. forced by their husbands into having sex when they just aren't in the mood yeah, yeah. but they feel obligated to do it it's because to be a good wife like i'm the wife i'm supposed yeah.
0: to yeah exactly yeah it's very archaic <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm sure it's relatable
1: oh, i mean
2: it's totally relatable because i've been that guy and hopefully not too many times but you know there have been times where i'm just like ah, this needs to happen
0: oh yeah for sure Every literally every guy more than a girl <laughs> in that situation. Guys are like, whoa! I don't even know. It's like eighty percent. There's it's so high. It's yeah. It's norm.
1: It's normal,
2: really. <laughs> and then I would get get pouty or moody if it didn't happen.
1: I think there's a larger that I, I like to point out because I'm so just fascinated by this kind of stuff. But there's a larger thing of taking it out of necessarily relationships, but just doing things on purpose mm-hmm. where we, we sort of, it, okay, let me speak for myself. I naturally don't want to do things that aren't natural. They feel like it feels, you know, when you say scheduling sex or scheduling, you know, the things that are relationship oriented things, they sound, it sounds robotic, like you said. But just getting that out of my head of no, like this is what this is the it's the better way to live is to live on purpose and intentionally. It doesn't mean that everything has to be scheduled because that's not necessarily if that's not what you want to do, that's okay too. But knowing that scheduling things and doing things that aren't natural is okay. And in fact, like you know, natural is what you're going to get. If you do things that are natural, it's what you're going to, you're just going to keep doing the same stuff that you're doing right now. So if you want to do anything different or anything better or anything outside the ordinary, you have to take that step and say, I'm doing something that's uncomfortable or something that's weird or something that's, you know, whether that's moving to a different country, whether that's scheduling something where you're going to text your sister every Sunday, or you're going to have sex, or you're going to, all these different things, they sound weird for me, just realizing like, that's okay. Like, don't, don't let, you know, doing something in on purpose or intentionally be the hindrance from trying something. And a lot of times it starts out really sort of robotic feeling, at least for me with other things. And then over time, it becomes more part of your routine. And then at some point you're just like, this is totally natural. Mm. And, and, you know, I don't know if that'll be the same for you in this case, but just historically on things that I've thought of, like, you know, doing something once a week on this day feels weird. And now it's like this podcast, like it's totally just a normal part of my routine now to do this podcast every, we do it every Saturday morning. You know, it's just part of my, it doesn't feel robotic at all. But if you were to say, we're going to schedule this for every Saturday, it does, if it sounds like that. So anyway, I guess I just like highlighting that because it's such, for me, it's such an important part of, I think how I've tried to learn things and and grow into things is just telling myself like hey it's okay to do stuff that feels really intentional and purposeful
2: yeah that's that's really well said
1: (laughs) cool cool well okay i'll uh i'll jump into mine then i wanted to talk about why i always wear long sleeve shirts (laughs) (laughs) um so i'm only partly joking i guess the uh, I have you know we talked about what do we talked about gaining weight and so forth and even a couple what was it two weeks ago I think I talked about my my new and improved wardrobe from last year and uh, it kind of got me thinking over the last couple weeks about this topic that we haven't I haven't really talked about but just being skinny or slender or small or all those different things as a as a guy I have uh, not really talked about it with you guys that I know of, and I don't know that I've talked about it a whole lot, you know, with, with anybody or publicly or, or anything. So I just wanted to kind of talk about it. And I don't know if you guys have questions or whatever, but just kind of like, it's, it's funny that it coincides with what sort of what you were talking about, David, with, you know, just losing hair and something that you think about. And, and, you know, I thought about also when I talked about like acne, a mm-hmm. couple months ago or something like that. Yep. It's a similar thing for me where it's just something mm-hmm. that I felt uh ashamed of and uh probably still do. I, I don't know that I'm I don't know that I've gotten as far along as you have, David, with the way that you were talking about things earlier. It sounds like you're pretty, pretty comfortable. I sometimes feel comfortable, but sometimes I still feel really self conscious. Um, yours
0: is arguably a a bigger more sensitive topic i think because people are usually uh, thinking about the inverse of that which is like being overweight so skinny people are kind of thrown under the rug and i'm glad that you're going to talk about it
1: yeah i'm glad you i'm glad you said that because that's exactly i mean that's exactly it it's like it kinda it even reminds me of the Kim Kardashian party <laughs> where you like start talking about like hashtag blessed, you know, and everybody else is going through yeah. COVID-19 year 2020. And you're like, you know, it's a little different because well, it it just it's on the other side, I guess. But yeah, it, it feels weird to complain or or even mention or or feel bad about myself or feel self-conscious about saying like, hey, I'm I'm underweight or I'm I'm skinny or you know, and uh, be- because most people are on the other side, most people are talking about how they don't want to eat that extra hamburger or they don't want the extra carbs or they don't want, you know, the extra weight from Thanksgiving or, you know, and mm. so sometimes it feels like one of those things that you're alone with mm. because there's not that cultural support group. And it, it's weird because you, you definitely, I, I feel like everybody has the same thing as, a, as somebody who, if you're overweight, I feel like you're probably the same way. You, you probably feel what I feel and like you, you're alone and you don't want to talk about it. All the same sorts of stuff, all the same, losing your hair, all the same sorts of stuff. Like everybody deals with this. But in the moment, the hardest part is you feel sort of isolated. And like, that's why I asked earlier, I was like, how did you feel about wanting to talk about it, David? Because yeah, my thing is like I just never wanted to talk about it and just like leave it aside, whatever. And um, you know, I was thinking back on it, it was like th- it started a long time ago. Like, um, I was, you know, I was probably always like a, a skinnier kid. And you know, growing up, everybody's kind of skinnier, you know, whatever. Everybody's kinda, sort of growing at different paces, and some people grow taller <laughs> and whatever. And I kind of yep. grew tall when I was like ten or eleven or twelve, so I was like taller than people and then just stopped growing so basically I haven't grown at all since I was like 12 um which is its own <laughs> weird thing but um I remember being a teenager and of course sort of comparing yourself to other guys but also sort of comparing myself to girls and Specifically, hmm. I started this by talking about uh, by mentioning like long sleeve shirts, because I remember being uh, and, and still am like being self-conscious about specifically my arms. And not having like a great like bicep physique, you know, and it was one thing that I was, you know, always smaller than most guys in the room. But I remember also being like, "Wow, like I'm smaller than these girls too," hmm. and like that being a like a big consideration for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure where that sort of went away, where I stopped. I I think I stopped caring so much about like, you know, the um maybe the people around me like yeah i think i stopped i stopped comparing myself so much um but that was probably maybe after college or something i don't know i probably i probably kept that with me from when i was you know 10 or 11 or something like that for 10 12 to 15 years maybe Yeah, maybe not 15 years but um anyway i I'm, I'm not sure what else i wanted to say about it but just to i guess give that example of like early <laughs> early kid life. And then um I think you said it well, David, of of just like that feeling of being um on the other side of things where it's you know, like you hear it, you hear it said all the time. And, and people don't mean anything bad by it, but you know, it's like, oh please, you can have another potato chip, Marshall, or oh please, yeah. you know, I wish I was as skinny as you or oh please, you know. And it's not always that phrase You're so but they're, lucky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, and I, I don't, I also don't want it to, I don't want to make it seem like it's like way worse than it is because that would be, you know, dishonest as well. Like it's not, I don't know, it's not like this debilitating thing that I'm like keeping a secret and not telling people, but at the same time it it is like, I don't, you know, I don't talk about it. I don't like to wear just like a t-shirt around typically. And mm. I know that that's just like self-conscious, you know, ness, self-consciousness. I don't know if that's a right, <laughs> <laughs> right phrase, but um, that's good enough. I don't feel as comfortable in that. And I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say yeah. I don't wear t-shirts or whatever. But typically, if you see me, you'll. I won't. I won't be wearing a t-shirt just because like I've gotten the habit of this way, and I think I look better this way. And um, and then I, I guess I'll say one other thing too there's been parts of me throughout uh well really as a teenager there was a time where i thought i was going to start like working out and and kind of bulk up and and mm. fix the problem right like unlike was gonna hair that. loss or <laughs> or something like that it like i thought oh, i'm going to fix the problem um and then i kind of just did not and it was like hard for me to gain weight and like put on the muscle or whatever and then um but then for the past probably 10 years or so i've been in this weird phase where I've not wanted to, like, I've I've never gotten to the point where it made it enough, like, I never wanted to do the trade-off of putting in the work for it, if that makes sense. So then I'm just perpetually in this sort of like under appreciative or under, you know, like, like even if it only meant like, I don't know, it's, I mean, I'm just in this weird boat of like, I don't want to work out, but I also don't want to not work out or I don't want to not look like I work out or something so anyway I'm not Mm -hmm. sure where that is that's probably a still floating around problem that I'll have to deal with so that's why I wanted to mention it
0: (laughs) I can see you getting to that in the future you know I think there's a phase where when kids I don't know how old your youngest is but when they're like you know 16 and you're whatever age you are I feel like a lot of dads will go through that because my dad did the same thing. He, I remember when I was like getting older and I would see him like start to work out again and do push-ups on the ground and exercise, you know, keep up with the teenagers. Yeah, exactly. You want to be able to run around with them. You want to be able to play football, soccer, whatever you guys do.
1: So, well, and that's been the, (laughs) that's always been the challenge for me too, like mentally, because I feel like working out, in that way, as opposed to exercising, working mm-hmm. out feels very, what's the word? Uh, egotistical or what did you say? Shallow? Shallow. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good way to put it. I, I, I feel like I would only be working out to change the way that I look. And when Which I think about that, I'm like, I don't want to be the person that only works out to change the way that they look. Like I do feel like I'm not the most healthy person by any you know, means, but I have been blessed with the type of metabolism and type of body that typically if somebody hasn't, you know, isn't hardcore working, I can hang with most people doing whatever it is, whether it's running around playing, you know, frisbee golf or frisbee, what's ultimate frisbee or hiking or, Mm -hmm. you know, like most people that aren't super hardcore into stuff. I I'm usually in better shape, like definitely in better shape, let's say than the average population. So. Yeah, being able to do stuff in activities hasn't been the motivation. And then when I think of it from health reasons, I'm like, I don't know that, you know, I I don't know that I would be doing it for health reasons. I would be exercising in a different way. And even Bryce, you had talked about, was it last week or something like that with like body weight exercises. And like, that's more my speed of like to be healthy. Mm -hmm. So then the weight training just to bulk up seems like not who I am. So it's, it's weird. Like, how do I get do I want to get over that or do I just want to accept that I'm just this and this is who I am and this is the way I'm going to look? Eh, It's weird.
2: (laughs) It's really interesting how we perceive ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because, (laughs) you know, maybe it's because you wear long sleeve shirts all the time, but uh, that thoughts never even like crossed my mind (laughs) about you. (laughs) You you just seem like a, a normal guy. Like yeah. Bo- body, body wise. Yeah. It's like, I've, the thought has literally never crossed my mind. Like, Oh, Marshall's really skinny or Marshall's what, what's the word? Like, oh, he must be a hard gainer or whatever the, the <laughs> word is like that. Yeah. That thought has yeah. like literally never crossed my mind. That's but funny. then when, <laughs> when I hear you talk about it, it's like, Oh, well, it's like these perceptions that we have of ourselves. So it made me Definitely. wonder that's a great point. Like yeah. did you get I don't bullied, it might be too strong but like did you get um like inputs growing up from other from the outside world that you were different or that you were super skinny other than those those phrases that you talked about just now. Yeah no
1: that's where that's where it feels bad too. and that's part of my problem right is I I feel bad talking about it because I didn't have that kind of a childhood I didn't you know, I was homeschooled, so I didn't have like the pressure of, of people <laughs> like, you know, kicking me and taking my milk money or, you know, whatever this is like, I didn't have that. You know, I played basketball <laughs> when I was uh, You're too skinny, younger and then I, you know, played music and so forth. And music culture is tends to be like a bunch of really skinny, nerdy, emo looking kids. So like we all sort of, you know. So no, I didn't have that. I'm sure there were comments, right? There, there's, of course, and they they weren't intended. I really thinking about it. I don't think I had. Nothing actually comes to mind as far as a person being just mean spirited, saying something negative, which is such a huge blessing, really. You know that that I could get this far in my life and not have somebody who's th- in that way. But of course, there's been comments of, you know, oh, wow, Marshall, you're really skinny or whatever the comment is. I don't, you know, um, Mm -hmm. like the ones I said before, oh, please, you can have another donut or, you know, Marshall, why don't you finish this or, you know, all the whatever. And, And they're not meant badly, but no, I didn't have that growing up or really that I remember at all. It was all, you know, looking back, like, how did I how did I come up with that idea? I don't even know. You know, it might've been something I just noticed one day and then I don't know. You know, I have no idea.
2: (laughs) It's also Yeah. It's funny that you, you mentioned that about the, like hanging out with the emo kids and all that, because it's, to me, it's been really fascinating to see how culture evolves and how society evolves and who and what type of styles are considered attractive. hmm. Evolves. You know, it's what we grew up in the 90s when our coming of age in like early 2000s, and that was still like very macho, jock, like super bulky guys who were that was considered attractive. Mm -hmm. But now, when you look at the pop stars today, like what's considered attractive, they're all like very feminine and yeah, uh, yeah, (laughs) very, very slender. Yeah, it's, it's, um. It's interesting how these, yeah, and maybe we hang hang on to those those ideas from the past. Like, I need to look like that if I want to be masculine. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Like you get an idea in your head that this is not who you want to be or how you want to look. And then it doesn't matter what culture, it's super weird because sometimes culture can shape you so much. mm -hmm. And other times it's like, it doesn't matter how many times somebody else says that, you know, these... Anorexic models are beautiful. um You don't think you're beautiful, or you don't, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter how many Justin Bieber's come along and look basically like me. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not who, that's not what I want to look like. <laughs> no offense, Bieber. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's really interesting how just the stuff I tell myself.
2: Would you feel uncomfortable like going to the beach and being shirtless?
1: Yeah, sometimes. It it it's really situational.
2: That's what but. i was gonna gonna ask. Is it situational? Like, would you feel uncomfortable walking around shirtless in your house, or? Um,
0: and would that be a skinny it, thing or a not tan thing? Because I feel like that's another thing that comes into yeah. It.
1: See that there's all the things that come in. I always Hashtag tan really white well. White people problems.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> pale people, pale face. <laughs> I got the same issue, man. <laughs> no, I've got like this Filipino heritage going on to where I tan up pretty, pretty quickly. Like, and that's one of those mm. things, like, again, like people are like, what are you talking about? Marshall, you tan up. So, you know, like I could walk around on the beach for a day and get a tan and everybody else is either burnt or they're just not tan, you know, <laughs> like it's, Hell it's, yeah. uh, we're, uh, but, but yeah, like, so if I went to the beach right now with like just my family, you know, it's like, COVID-19 time, so we're not hanging out with anybody. We just go down to Florida or wherever and go to the beach and, you know, take off my shirt, wouldn't be a big deal. Um if I went down to the beach with a bunch of guys who I sort of didn't know very well or something, it would be. It would be like I wouldn't not take off my shirt. So there's like different levels of this, right? So there's like the guy who doesn't take off his shirt because he's worried about his body hair or his you know, physique or whatever. I'm not to that mm-hmm. point. I would still take it off because to me not taking it off would be even more self-conscious. Like I'm the dude that has the white <laughs> shirt on. That's like sticking to my body or or the black shirt. I should maybe, you know, it's a different color yeah. shirt. So it doesn't, you know, to me, that would be more self-conscious, but I would have to sort of like mentally ramp up to it. Like I would think <laughs> about it. It would be something I would think about.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, it's yeah. it's funny because living in asia i've experienced both sides yeah 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 <laughs> because asia helped U- me a lot because i fit yeah, in right there <laughs> in the u.s i'm always i'm generally on the small side <laughs> yeah and i go over cool. to asia i'm on the bigger side yeah so it it's funny to experience both sides tall dark and handsome bryce <laughs> <laughs> well just like working out at the gym. I remember I would go to the right. gym in, in China and everybody was, like, "Oh, wow, this he's the big guy in the gym." <laughs> and if I go to a gym in the US, I am literally always the smallest one. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. I if I <laughs> if, if I'm around the weights or something like uh, yeah, I'm, I'm mm. always one of the smaller people. Yeah. <laughs> it's Interesting to when you contrast yourself with others. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So another super weird, this just came to mind. I was like, oh man, this is, this is kind of <laughs> like talking about going to the gym. Right. So I remember being in, in Saudi Arabia and we had, you know, it's a bunch of teachers and uh, all guys because there were women's schools too, but we didn't, that wasn't our group. So it was all guys. We basically lived in these compounds and there's like nothing to do. Like there's, it's, it's the desert, you know, there's not anything to do. There's no movie theaters, but there's a gym. So everybody starts going to the gym, whether you ever went to a gym before in your life at all, you start going to the gym, even if you're just like walking on a treadmill or whatever, because it's something to do. There's, you know, it's available, it's free, it's part of your deal. And I remember days going to the gym and there were some, like, there was this one dude that was like gigantic by any, like by any stretch of put him anywhere. Like even including like bodybuilders, he was a big dude, tall, big, had been working out forever, you know, just a big dude. Um. Anyway, I remember going to the gym and doing weird stuff there, like to sort of hide that I was the skinny guy. Like, obviously, I was the skinniest guy there. But to like sort of mask it, I would like go at weird times or I would like wear sort of like weird clothes or anyway just baggy clothes like the one thing that I thought of yeah like either some like baggy clothes or like I literally remember going one time and being like yeah I just thought I'd swing over after work and not go home first so I was like wearing sort of like a button-down shirt in the gym like (laughs) how stupid is that you know (laughs) but that was me because I was like sort of trying to not go in with like this sort of form-fitting t-shirt or something you know it's weird
2: you think it would be beneficial to get over that fear Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. I don't like, I don't feel like there's a version where it's helpful Mm. other than maybe I can relate to other people. That would be the helpful version of it is that I can definitely relate to people who are either like me or not like me, but have some similar attribute about themselves where they want to hide it or they want to downplay it or they want to not be seen as the person with you know, freckles or acne or overweight, underweight, big feet, whatever. I feel like I can relate a little bit better because of that. And I'm more approachable, you know, because of that.
2: I guess I I asked that because you said you weren't interested in bodybuilding or anything to that extreme. Right. So,
0: But I'm wondering if you could do
2: the same activity, like the bodybuilding activity but with a different mindset where it's not a superficial, I want to change my body way, but like this is a fear that's holding me back and yeah. putting myself into an uncomfortable environment, like a gym with a bunch of, mm, I see what you're saying. Jocks that's interesting. would push me to be a more well-rounded person or get over that fear. At least mm. that's a, that's a great way of framing it. Bryce. I hadn't,
1: I hadn't thought of it like that, but that seems more up my alley, like mm-hmm. more something like I'm the person, I'm the, t- I, I can tell myself I'm that person easier. Like I'm the type of person who goes to the gym and looks funny because I'm small, but still works out anyway. And I do it for the mental health of it, or, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to it's harder for me to think of myself as I'm going to go to the gym because I, I want to look a certain way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll come at some point, but right now it seems very like like we said, superficial or shallow, or just not who I want to be. I guess. Hmm. You have to think about that. That's that's good.
2: Or for the the, it could also align with your desire for more energy too, because yeah, there's never been a time where I felt ex like I felt like I feel tired after lifting weights like right heavy. Right. But I also feel rejuvenated and energized, so mm-hmm. could go along with that too. It's a great point.
1: Yeah. Also, in the light spreadsheet.
2: I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but there's a huge online community about this. Like you, you know the website Nerd Fitness.
1: I know. I I haven't gotten any. It's like one of those things where I don't know that I need a support group but then now not that you even say a it, it's support like,
2: group but it's just like really big
1: no no no. I know yeah. it, but just like that there's a culture of this mm-hmm. you know like I'm sitting here saying like oh I feel alone and poor me and like oh no there's like a whole community of people like there's, the e- there's even a word like- for
2: it <laughs> do you know the technical word it's like oct- octomorph for something
1: oh yeah there's like I don't know what it means it means, is, but I know means hard about. gainer like it's yeah, hard for you to yeah. gain
2: weight hmm. Yeah. And I've heard that that's a myth. Like you're just not eating enough for your metabolism. And yeah, but there's it's hard. It's hard to, to gain weight. Together, but I, think. I, I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. But um, there's yeah. definitely a big community around this.
1: I think I heard about that from Rogan. Is probably where I first heard about that. There's like four different types. And I'm kind of the same as you guys. I haven't really listened to a full episode of him <laughs> recently. But when you mentioned it, that's. I think that's where I first heard about it. And I like watched a YouTube video or something about the body types and I had never heard of them before. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe that'll be something I'll work on over the year, like trying to get the mental side. And then maybe some of that translates over to some of the physical, the physique as well.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I like to think of those physical benefits as kind of just
1: tangential. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fancy word. (laughs) There you go. There you go.
2: I wasn't going to come up with that one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know somebody who says that way too often, so I'm like partially making fun of that person. It's okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was reaching for an idiom, but Hmm. my ESL background failed me. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I think we did a pretty good job of uh, being vulnerable today.
1: Yeah, they sort of lined up. That's for sure.
0: Hey guys, this is David. We hope you enjoyed this week's discussion. Our goal is to inspire people to have more honest and vulnerable conversations. You can help us do that by not only sharing the show, but also having meaningful conversations of your own. Thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe to catch our next talk.